All right, so we are now live on Podbean, and we're going to make this full screenish, maybe, perhaps. Come on, buddy. You can do it. I believe in you. You have the power. <laughs> or you don't have the power, but you're trying really hard. That was painful to watch. All right. Hello. So what's up, everyone? Um, this is you're not going to get much interaction at first. Right now, we have Podbean going for our uh, audio. Yep. Um, and God willing, this works. So anyway, yeah, it is working. Welcome to no BS. No BS whiskey, with Scott. Whiskey, whiskey and BS. Both podcasts I do with Pauline and you, they both have the word BS in it. Well, yeah, it makes sense because there, your guys is no BS, yeah. whereas ours is completely Complete BS. BS. So yeah, this is whiskey and BS with Scott and Jeff. Here, cheers, cheers. Buddy. It's been one of those days. Uh, for those of you watching live, um, we emptied out this room. We're getting ready to move, so we kind of got this weird, creepy um, snuff porn thing going on. We got a mattress leaning on the wall here. Empty room. There's a there's a mattress there's a pad over mattress here. Bed. It's a very casting couch. <laughs> it's very terrifying. Got this mustache going, the so mustache. it's appropriate. <laughs> the mustache and. And the creepy mattress. And the creepy mattress, exactly. So yeah, this is mostly going to be audio, but you know, we figure what the hell for video, people enjoy it. Um, True story. So yeah. We have not done one of these in months and months. Yes. It's been way too long. We're good at sticking to the every couple months pattern. We're going to try to make it a couple of weeks and see if we can stick to that. I know and, that's uh, right in the shot, the but best. they can live. Yeah. But to start with, we're uh, today we're drinking we're drinking Bullet yes Bullet uh, whiskey here. We got the Rye, the Green Label. Thank you, Saucy, the at Saucy app. You guys <laughs> should all do that. Saucy sponsor us. Yeah, God, that'd be awesome. On the back of the Saucy tag, which is what I want to talk about, is uh, why is it that eight glasses of water a day seems impossible? But eight <laughs> I glasses this is going of wine <laughs> with dinner is easy. Hmm. Well. Wine tastes better than water. <laughs> Wine does taste better than water, first of all. Uh, second of all, the tag does say right after that sentence, hashtag truth. Yes. Well, it's been hashtag. So I guess so that must be it's the real. truth. It's the real. Uh, you know, because water is really hard to drink. It's very true. For most people. All right. So, okay. so, <laughs> uh, so basically, we'll start this off with a quick intro. Uh, whiskey and BS is a off shoot of my podcast a day in the life of which is pretty much anything and everything goes because i actually couldn't come up with an idea or a topic so um it's been everything that started in colorado uh with a good friend of mine um alicia baruti um, what's up alicia we should actually do hell you've been doing a call in one at your apartment <laughs> we should do one with alicia sometime there's no Why reason not? there's no reason not to there's really not so it was called um, A Day in the Life Of, and that pretty much covers everything. Anybody that's followed the podcasts, I did some on New Year's. I'll do some while I'm driving. Some are motivational. Some are absolutely absurd. And all of them are for adults. That's the big thing to get across. And then Scott and I, before I moved here, or when I moved here, we kind of have our own little subsect of Whiskey and BS, um, or um, A Day in the Life Of. Uh, this one is called Whiskey and BS. And I'm sure. not intoxicated. I'm just very discombobulated today. I've been going a million miles an hour, and I'm just now stopping. So anyway, welcome to Whiskey and BS. 
Scott Segrin, introduce yourself to the, the people that are hopefully going to hear you bi- uh, bi-monthly. I'm Scott Segrin, <laughs> and uh, I've known Jeff for a crazy amount of time, it feels like, at this point, considering we met on a project, for anybody that knows the backstory, a really s- silly kind of honestly bullshit I project. This is how we know each other. Yeah. Uh, we like to pretend that we met on a <laughs> on project, project that we wrote and were shooting <laughs> at the time. But really, the truth is, we met on a project that I got. I happened to get cast in, and Jeff was also in. And when we saw Jeff, me and my buddy, because I got him hired on as the DP for it, we were like, "Hey, Jeff's great. He should play our bad guy." <laughs> and that's the rest is history. Jeff played our bad guy, and uh, here we are. So, yeah. So Scott and I, it was a creepy. Uh, neither to this day. Five, six years, we, none of us have seen footage. There was a trailer. I mean, That's all we know is a trailer exists. The Pride of Wall Street. Yeah. Um, so we worked on that, and it was a creepy warehouse. We're inside. looked like this amazing uh, office, office space. space. Yeah, yeah, it was really impressive. But in between takes, you could actually hear the homeless people like... <laughs> It was like bum fights, <laughs> like out in the alley. Got you could pretty actually, aggressive there. Yeah. Got See, aggressive. like most movies, when you're making a movie, you actually have to like, you know, the sound person will be like, you know, sound rolling, and then like hold for plane because they gotta wait for a plane to fly over. For us, we're like, hold for bum fight. Yep. All right, uh, homeless guy A killed homeless guy B. We can start rolling. Somebody's still yelling, but we can probably shoot anyway. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it. <laughs> so that's how Scott and I met, and. Um, Pretty much anybody that follows us um, independently or follows me, because this is my page, um, you're in for a surprise because I think um, in the world of judging a book by its cover, Scott and I are true, um, what would it be, enigmas? Yeah. You'll you'll hear everything from, I can't speak uh, educatedly, knowledgeably about this, but you'll you'll hear everything from (laughs) uh, Dungeons & Dragons to comic book debates to fitness to motivation to every once in a while we dare to tap into um, relationship um, advice sometimes that's that's rare (laughs) if you and far between occasionally we'll hit relationships or politics (laughs) or education things that you know are important i guess (laughs) so we um (laughs) hey pauline hey what's up what is that oh shit can you do that while you're drinking i mean oh wait that's you gotta be like wait aren't those like gonna kill him well, then I might want to wait on that. Oh. Izzy! What are you doing? Get out of here with your bum knee. Oh, so here's Izzy, everyone. You can see her limping. Oh, God. Poor girl. You don't have to be super quiet, Pauline. Ours is casual. It's casual as fuck. I mean, it does look like we're doing this in a yeah. basement. Uh, and what was that movie? 8mm? 8mm. Nicholas Cage. 8mm, yeah. So there you go. You're going to see some deep cut, or hear and or see some deep cuts in the movie reference world, because... I think at the end of the day, Scott and I are proud, proud movie nerds. That's true. That is absolutely one hundred percent true. What should we talk about? I, have you seen Justice League yet? I have. <laughs> that might be the topic to start with. Start with the depressing stuff and go from there. Well, I mean, we saw Batman vs Superman together. Yeah. And I saw. I told you then. I was like, yeah, it was. It was a movie. That was an oral blue ball. A- A-U-R-A-L blue balls right there. Um, it was a movie, you know? That's true. It was a movie. <laughs> Justice League, I would say, falls firmly in that camp. It was a movie. I was actually dazzled by bullshit because I'm a stupid, uh, 
Scott probably will say this behind my back. I'm very blinded by shiny objects when it comes to the DC attempt at competing with Marvel. Um, I've always been DC World, all DC Universe, even before True. everything was things. So I'm, I'm blinded by the love and hope that they can pull off Batman and they can pull off Superman. Because really before uh, Marvel did their thing, you actually had to be kind of a comic book nerd to know Marvel characters. You really did. You kind like of had most to like... people. Would be like I think Spider Man. Like they wouldn't know for sure, but you yeah. think comic books, Batman, Superman. And you'd have to follow it. You'd have to really be following. Yeah, it to and like it's know what's that's going what's on. depressing is that DC has the two biggest, biggest franchises, and they can't get it right. Yeah, nine times out of ten, their movies blow chunks. <laughs> like. Batman is its own kind of exception because there are there are you know pieces of movie franchise that are really good. Yes. And there are pieces that are really damn bad. Like <laughs> I mean, I've two never Burton been Burton ones are pretty solid. Well, that was I think the Burton ones the the uh, novelty was they were the first ones. So that that was that, yeah. that allowed a lot of forgiveness. I mean, aside from like the can't be sixty bat sixties Batman. Yeah, there's the sixties Batman. The movie. modern modern attempt at Batman, modern cinema. Uh, but yeah, so Scott and I went and saw Batman versus Superman. Yeah. And Scott can objectively look at him. I look at him through the eyes of a, a special needs kid, and I loved it. <laughs> Depressingly, I loved it. Um, I tried. However, I tried to love it. My love, <laughs> I know, I tried to, and I was da again dazzled by a new casting. Uh, anyway, that follows the Batman universe or the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it. Follows the 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 source material that they're trying to do with Batman vs Superman, which yeah. is the Batman uh, the Netflix series. Uh, I think it's Batman: The Return of the Dark Knight. Yeah, Return of the Dark Knight. Uh, and it has the—I mean, the weird little things for references. It had the smaller ears. It was the older Bruce Wayne. It was the this this thing, and it actually had a fight between Batman and Superman. The Dark Batman. Knight Returns. I think, I think that's it. Yeah. yeah, not the one not to be mistaken with the Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Rises. Rises. It's a lot of weird uh, wording. Uh, so I was dazzled by that, but Scott and I didn't go to Justice League together. True. Um, but we did go. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> like I said, it's a movie, you know. Uh, I mean, one of the problems which I feel like as a person who knows and pays attention to things. <laughs> uh, it is very clear that the movie is half directed by one person and half yeah. directed by another person. Because the movie changes gears very obviously yeah. at certain points of the movie. Where yeah. it was directed by... Zack Snyder, and other points where it was directed by the step-in, which if I'm not mistaken was Joss Whedon, actually. Was it Whedon? I think he got pulled in on that. Maybe it's the next one he got pulled in on? I don't know. He got put on one of them. But uh, regardless of who did it, you can really tell when one of them's directing and the other one's not. Yeah. It's a very different movie. <laughs> yeah. And even I... I um... I was listening to Ralph Garman. Uh, for anybody that listens to K-Rock or is in L.A., quit listening to K-Rock because they fired Ralph Garman. And uh, pretty under pretty shady circumstances. It's the only but reason I was still listening. It actually was. And uh, uh, one of the few stands I've taken in my life was to quit listening to K-Rock the day they uh, canned him. But thank God for him, he started his own podcast. Um, it costs $3 a month. And I will find it because I 
need something to listen to every day. <laughs> like, oh, this iPad is going to get, in the course of this podcast, it might get thrown through a window. I keep seeing it, him trying really to do might. stuff. And I'm trying like to freezing. monitor these questions without having to do this. I hate when people are on live and going, let me look at this. And then you can see like they're blackheads. <laughs> Infuriates me. It's okay. You so know I'm using what? this as a monitor. I'll just lay on the floor close to the laptop and just, I'll just field all the questions. <laughs> That's almost creepier. Um, but anyway, yeah, Ralph Garman had a, an interesting review on it, and uh, I, I can't remember some of the stuff he pointed out was painfully obvious. Like uh, the Flash, pretty much the entire time for being such a smart person, was an idiot. Like every time, like like the running, like the, the amount of time. Every time he was on screen, he had to play the idiot. Yep. And um, any Flash nerds probably found that quite offensive because he's uh, uh, Barry Allen is a smart guy. Yeah. He's, like this guy was. He's, he's like, got like a wacky sense of humor. Like I guess you could more or less compare him to kind of, I don't know, Deadpool or Peter Parker, just in the fact that, that yeah. he's like quippy. Yeah. Exactly. He's, he's got like he's wit and he's kind of quick and he makes jokes. Yeah, but they made him stupid. Yeah. Oh, we'll get into Deadpool. <sighs> what a jackass. Um, so that was an interesting angle, making him an idiot. Uh, he spent the entire movie being the the comic relief, and then um, that movie, especially because of the director switches and the director problem, like that movie didn't know what it wanted to be. God, and yeah, now I really wish I could remember what the heck Ralph Garman's he did say. He pointed out some stuff that like it was ruined. Oh, like the exposition building? Mm-hmm. Like at the very beginning where they catch a parademon and like throw him on a net. And like, and like, wasn't that dinner criminal go, is this because of the alien? Like he, yeah, the, like the they exposition just criminal. Some fucking exposition line. Like, oh, he suddenly knows this yeah. random fucking And then idiot. cut to, they, that way they just saved time basically. Um, yeah, some burglar on a rooftop could actually know the future by saying, oh, are they doing this because <laughs> Bat- Superman is buried and we need to somehow raise him back to life and that's why they're attacking us? Cut oh, to man. Not to switch that. gears or anything, <laughs> but speaking of wild, quick ex- exposition, has anybody, I'm sure people have, did anybody watch the new Cloverfield Paradox movie on Just Netflix? Just finished it. We should go, okay, so oh, tonight, today's, today's podcast is um, sequel abortions, or, <laughs> or or sequel abortions, or I don't even know what you want to call it, but we'll just call it that, so that'll be tonight, today's topic. Um so, uh, anybody who saw Cloverfield, the first one, the, the first person, Shaky Cam, Blair Witch, it was kind of cool. You saw possibly some sort of creepy demon. You some saw, world building that was interesting. Yeah, you know? some definite um, end of the world alien, but you're not sure what. So, it was kind of like, uh, I don't know, Blair Witch meets um, alien. Yeah, I mean, like a monster alien. movie. Yeah, no, some sort of monster. Like Godzilla kind of thing. It's, and that's the on its own, it was pretty cool. And then, confusingly, comes Ken Cloverfield Lane. Which, which is actually in the universe. Which is in the universe. Because I had to do some serious spoiler deep diving, figuring this out before I hit play on Paradox. Yeah. And uh, I've seen ten. I like I've seen Cloverfield. I saw that in theaters. When I saw it, <laughs> I didn't like it, but I did see it. I've seen it again a few times since then. And I like it a lot more. Well, you saw Cloverfield in theaters. Cloverfield. Okay. Right. Ten Cloverfield Lane, I actually also liked because it was a very different movie. It wasn't. Ex- it has nothing like what i was expecting yeah and i like that it was kind of like its own thing <laughs> yeah. and then at the end oh fuck we're we're in the cloverfield world and universe she's yeah. getting thrust into it yeah like, that's cool yeah it was a nice little it was, it was more of a nod but and then you're still you're still like what's the connection yeah. with cloverfield i don't get it 
And then they go, hey, bend over, we're going to force this movie into you. <laughs> Cloverfield Paradox. Basically, alien... Oh, do you know what it was? Remember Event Horizon? Yeah. It was Event Horizon redone. It's like Event Horizon and Alien had a baby and it yeah. wasn't good. And Event Horizon, uh, what was... I wonder what Paradox was rated. I want to say R or PG-13. So basically, anybody that's seen Event Horizon with Sam... Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Sam Neill. To date, it is, to me, the scariest movie I've ever seen. It's... It's pretty fucked It's a haunted spaceship that is possessed by hell. Yep. And that doesn't even do it It opens, like, a dimension to hell, basically. Yeah. Like, they travel to... Through the dimension of hell via space... Yeah, and bring and it back with comes them. comes on board. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, and it's awesome. And somehow they're like, okay, we need to somehow make a third movie in the Cloverfield world. And uh, it feels like... The end is the only tie-in. Like, if they would have cut the end, you would have not even think it was a Cloverfield movie. That's what I'm saying. And I've had this conversation with a few people. Like, it feels like they had this movie script, and they wanted to make it. And they're like, yeah, this is cool, but... Why do we give a shit about this movie if we're going to put money into it? Well, it could be a Cloverfield movie if we make these few tweaks. All right, cool. We'll show the monster Come at the on, end. Come on, man. And that's the thing. They build it. Like, I know the only the only thing they did was throw spots about it during the Super Bowl, and then immediately after the Super Bowl, you could go watch it. Great marketing. And why did they do that? The movie sucks, dude. Yeah. If they If they, like, marketed it leading up to the movie, people would be like, oh, I'm so amped for this. Go watch it. What a piece of shit. That's what was it, that's what would happen. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. The like the reason for that being is they also bill it even even for the short lived amount. They bill it as uh the reason everything happened. Like find out why all the cl- You don't no. find out shit. None of it makes sense. It basically, doesn't connect to anything. Yeah, basically and again, basically all of our podcasts are spoilers. That's true. Um spoilers and adult and for adults. Basically, the way they tie they tie it in is is it's it's this huge cop out of it's a it's a universe a dimension and a universe that you can't explain. So pretty much that explain allows you to explain everything. They're like it's an unforeseeable thing that can't be explained that historically has never happened, and as a result, that's what they answer the why with this. How do you, it's like they answer the why because, with a why yeah they're like well, this because this happened why because why yeah. So it's, you. how did we even get to uh, Parado- um, Cloverfield Paradox? Because I was saying, like, a movie that that has wild exposition just throws Oh, yeah, yeah, you. we were talking about um, Justice League, how so they needed, you could tell the writing went to shit because they needed, they had a burglar in the opening scene. Again, the way they edited it and cut it and, and shot it, they might not have meant to do this, but the burglar in the opening scene was something like, he, he should have just been like, oh, you got me. But he said something like, oh, is this because of the alien man has been buried? And <laughs> and, and it just was like, yes, this is the case. You are a very astute bad guy. Here's this character guy. giving you a recap yeah, of what happened exactly. in case you didn't know. Yeah. And so it was just a painful uh, building of exposition. And then um, Ralph man. Garman pointed out something like, this made me sad because I'm very blind to wanting this stuff to work. Is So Batman throws a net on him. Yep. A net. A net. String and hooks. And the guy self implodes. Yep. Yet at the end, they don't all decide to hey, we just throw nets on all these guys in Russia chasing this poor family and let them kill themselves. Instead, there's this huge 
armored personnel carrier running around this thing with Aquaman <laughs> flying through the air when they could have just been throwing nets on things. And of all people, yeah, Aquaman would have a net. Of all people, he would have the net. You're right. So, yeah. Um, Paradox, yeah. though. The reason I even brought that up was because I started that movie hopeful. The movie starts off and it's two people too. in a car talking about like really tense shit. And you're like, oh, this is cool. This is different. We got people, different people in the world this is happening in. All right. And then all of a sudden, we're on the space station. Yes. And after maybe a couple of minutes of brief, here's everybody that happens to be on the space station, guess what? The next five minutes of opening credits are also your flashes of exposition. So you know what's happening because we're going to keep throwing the fucking images yeah. at you until you are sure of what's going on. Yeah, it was painful. It, uh... Again, the more it went on, the more I was like, if this were rated R, this would be Event Horizon. And for those of you who haven't seen it, watch Event Horizon if you like actual... Again, there are the movies that are more like... You have to fill in the void. Like, for me, Blair Witch Project, because I have a fucked up brain, I could actually build a creepy universe. And I was like, it made me scared. My mom watched it, and she didn't get anything out of it because she has mm-hmm. a very innocent mind. And so she couldn't for she couldn't fill in the, the unknown voids with creepy stuff. So for her, it was extremely boring. Event Horizon has, you have to fill in, but at the same time, you are forced to see some pretty heinous stuff. And then add to that, it does. I freeze frames, frame by frame, Yeah. Um, the, the video log, like you know what it says, like the captain's log. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling pretty um, disturbed or want to be very upset, uh, they watch what happened to the original crew of the spaceship. And they watch mm-hmm. it, and the way they edit it is a bunch of strobe lights and flashy flashy. I on a Blu-ray, frame by frame. Oh, it's horrible. It is so disturbing. It's, it's seriously it's, upsetting. It's very upsetting. It's and very so, upsetting. But yeah, that's basically what um, Cloverfield Paradigm was. And So anyway, um, we were going on. on. <laughs> some people mentioned a uh, good, actually, Green Bray buddy of mine said, um, I thought Batman, Ben Affleck was actually better in Justice League than Batman vs. Superman. I think I agree. I don't agree. I'm blind by it. I'm blind by it. I honestly am blinded by I, I think I can subjectively say this, but I might have a man crush on Batfleck. <laughs> I think he's the perfect casting for, outside of me, the <laughs> old Batman that they're trying to capture in that in that 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 comic book. I want to say Batman. I, I'll say this: he's not a bad casting choice. Like I was skeptical at first. It's hard I, because it's Ben Affleck. If we didn't know yeah. who Ben Affleck was, I think it'd swallow better. But. <laughs> mostly, mostly um, between the two movies, I liked how they approached Batman in Batman vs Superman, and how Bruce Wayne is approached in that as well. Yeah, like I thought that was really well done the way they did that. But like I said, and it's it's more the director problem for Justice League. I mean, the script's not good either, but yeah. the the director problem. Now you got the Ben Affleck Batman trying to be more funny. And more campy yeah. than he was in their that. established Batman vs Superman. And it's yeah. like, okay, now you're pandering to a crowd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do your character and stick to your guns. Well, the problem is, or is, don't. Yeah, look at. Um, I think Ralph Garman again said this. I'm really licking his butt tonight. But the thing is, they tried to do what Marvel spent ten years. Well, I think it was their ten year anniversary. Like, if anybody's been watching online or super yeah, nerding out, they did a ten year class photo of everybody that's in a Marvel movie. Yeah. So they've invested ten years in building these characters. Look at Tony Stark in his first Iron Man. He nailed that character. He had a couple quips in this and that, but mm-hmm. he didn't swing too too left and too right. 
And then as the series went on and they plugged him into different universes, he was a little bit more quippy and a little bit more campy. DC tried to hammer in 10 years of work into one movie, and and Affleck couldn't keep up with it. Batman couldn't keep up with it. Uh, they have this quirky, ah, uh, I wanted it to work so bad. <laughs> And oh. see, you know, the, another big problem is, too, it's a, like the studio problem, for example. Studios are trying to push out these movies because they're like, yeah, people want to see this, but they don't give a shit if they're pushing out garbage because people are going to buy the ticket yeah. and put their butts in the seats. And yeah, They don't that, give a what shit. What was the movie? Um, shoot, uh, the new Star Wars, where you could almost tell that they were writing, they they, they wrote the uh, movie to, for toy sales. Like those little Flurby things. Oh, that is not... You could totally not, tell that was for toys. That actually wasn't for toys, ironically. What? The only reason I'm even going to defend, like I fucking, personally, I, and I know this is sacrilege to a lot of people who love them, I think the Porgs are garbage. I agree. I think they're straight up garbage. Huge waste. The of- only reason they're in the movie is because they were shooting on that island and they had the puffins on the island, and they weren't allowed to move the puffins or do anything to the puffins. Period. Wait, in they real world, there were yes, penguins. Yes, real world, the little puffin birds. So they CGI these things over those. Yes, every time you see a puffin in the <laughs> shot, it's an actual puffin that they just CGI'd into a pork. Okay. And they wrote them into the script because they had no choice because they couldn't move the birds. And I'm like, okay, I get why you did it. I still hate them. I but stand corrected. That's one thing that you know. Making making lemonade out of lemons, I, I guess. Corrected. They made they made it work for their movie, even if it was terrible. They made it work. <laughs> I fucking love Ryan Johnson, and you know, there's a lot of that movie that I like, and there's a lot of that movie that I fucking hate. Okay, we'll go to that's another another realm actually on topic, but we'll finish up the DC world. Sony had a good point here. Don says uh, DC might stand a chance if they would go R rated once. If they did, they might, but they won't. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna keep him and Han about and getting as close yeah. to an R rating as possible. So for those of you without actually doing it, comes across bordering on pompous. But the biggest thing is at the end of the day, and this kind of will go on to a couple side topics of multiple things in the film industry. So at the end of the day, somebody wants to make as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. They don't care about accuracy. They don't care about the things us as fans and us as wannabe actors care about. They yep. care about as much money as humanly possible. So with that in mind, a PG-13 allows kids under 13 to go to the movies, which means lunch boxes, toys, uh, kids that will go, kids that will go on the weekends. It, it opens up an audience, so they will bastardize a product to get more people in the seats, thus making more money. True story. So you can't fault them uh, for doing it. Uh, you know, a perfect example is Deadpool going rated R, and it was a ballsy, ballsy risk, but it obviously paid Pay off. Paid off, man. And it was a, but it's a payoff that compensated for the lack of under thirteen audience they're going to get. But they know there's probably kids are going to sneak in. Now that the Blu-rays out, now that the DVDs are out, they're going to still watch it anyway. So it well, was a, that, it was a risk. And parents are going to have their kids watch it anyway because speaking, by the way, I can say this as an educational professional. Scott teaches children, which probably boggles minds, <laughs> especially with this mustache right now. But you know what? I teach kids, and frankly, parents. And maybe, Just don't those understand. You, maybe those of you listening will disagree, and that's fine. But in my experience to date, and I've been doing this teaching thing now about eight years, parents don't really give a shit what their kids are watching yep. as long as their kids are quiet. <laughs> so they'll take their kids to shit they shouldn't see. They'll buy tickets for movies without actually doing their research. 
and then take them in there and either walk out and offended because they didn't do the goddamn research or they let their kids stay and they're like well it can't be worse than the video games they're playing yep and yeah then again there's video games i mean there's also again money 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 uh that was a side note without getting we got to get back to star wars but another thing um i posted this today on social media um I was kind of sick of it, but I actually kind of shoot myself in the foot. A lot of people are like, well, doesn't that shoot you in the foot? And I posted something about hire the best actor, hire the best performer. Uh, yep. Screw their special skills, screw their prior life. You know, like there's a lot of stuff where it says you have to have prior physician experience. And there's a lot of veterans that are saying you should hire vets first uh, to play veteran roles. Yeah, that's a bonus. But if they're shitty actors, don't hire the veteran. Hire the actor because that's their job is to it's do called the acting. Do yeah, the part. it's called acting. I mean, yeah, if you can get a good actor that has, I mean, again, I'm not, I don't, yeah, this is a little pedestally for both Scott and I, <laughs> but let's say Scott gets, wants a role as a teacher. Uh, Scott's funny as hell and he's a great actor and he's been a teacher, oh, thanks, so he can man. bring more to it. I think I'm a decent actor and I have a veteran experience, so cool. If there's a role where a guy actually has to carry a weapon and look like he's competent and actually act with other people, bonus. But, don't uh force don't force special skills and i posted that and people are like well jeff doesn't that backfire because you are a veteran and you want to get roles that are made but you know like the punisher or any other movie where they want the characters veteran no not if there's a better actor yeah uh you know so do the best thing for the movie yeah which again not the best thing for the pocketbook yeah exactly but sadly the world we live in the the pocketbook is gonna win it's all bottom line that's why tom cruise is gonna play a six and a half foot tall jack reacher that's why most that's why batman (sighs) and it's not that he's even bad at it it's just not that's not the point yeah so that's why, at the end of the day, money is going to make the world go around. And, uh, I mean, you can go even to, without getting too deep and crazy, who was it? God, uh, Terry Crews, big yeah. black guy from Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine. He made a comment. I'm going to completely bastardize it. He made a comment, because he's actually claiming harassment, uh, sexual harassment in his career by producers, kind of the male reversal of the Me Too stuff. Yeah. And he made a comment that said something like, it was something along the lines of, I was going to take it knowing I could use this, get to my career, and bury them later. And it's a fucked up world. It's a fucked up industry where it that is the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that and money makes this city go round, and I'm not justifying anything. But no. if you play, again, one of my hashtags is Hollywood Seer, or, you know, and I, I look at it that way of survival, evasion, resistance, and escape within this city. If, if, you, if you're playing the long con or the long game, don't do anything heinous or immoral. But if you can win at the stupid game that is, is, is fueled by finance in this city, you can come around and pull Numa Thurman and bury the Weinsteins. You can come around and bury the people like uh, Terry Crews is doing. Affect some but it's a choice at a bigger level. You had to take because the city is sadly run on that stuff. And those people, I mean, it's... I'm not speaking for Uma Thurman or whomever is in the Me Too movement, but they're sitting there going, they can be famous, all their dreams can come true. If they, I mean, what was the what's the comedian's name from Parks and Rec? Oh man, uh, which one? He whacked off in a plant or some, or he whacked oh, off in front shit. of a girl in a hotel. JK, uh, uh, Louis C.K. Yeah, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Made some poor girl watch him whack off. Shit, I. This is gonna be a uh, side note. This is gonna be part of one of my stand-up. This is one of the things I want to incorporate in my stand-up. If somebody says, "Hey, I'm gonna make me watch you whack off. I'll make you rich and famous, and all your dreams come true," I'll be like, uh. 
uh, I got 20 minutes. <laughs> How long is this going to take you there, I mean, I mean, I'm like, I've seen way worse things on this planet. Uh, and you can't fault those people. It's a shitty reality. Yeah, and these people made the choice. And I, again, there's obviously way worse scenarios I'm talk, that we don't know about. There yeah. might have been forced sexual stuff, forced uh, sex, rape, etc., etc. But I'm talking more the non-hands-on, just witness stuff. The cities run on money. And if people can wisely play that game, props to them. Um it's retarded. I mean, people have and people are going to continue to. Off. Yeah. People are have and people are going to continue to, but, like, that's the whole point of this is, you know, we have to all make a stand against this kind of shit because it's ridiculous. It shouldn't yeah, because be allowed there's a, to happen. Yeah, there's, there's been a point of, of just surviving the game and playing the game. You know, don't hate the player, hate the game. But now it has pushed it. The whole, you know, the whole Me Too stuff, there there has been a line crossed we by some the game. sick, fat bastards in this industry that are ruining it you know they're not just they're, they're messed up so anyway that was a long rant um we got done with batman and superman dc universe poor bastards are trying uh star wars um i'm jaded this is a tough one yeah, i know i'm jaded <laughs> like i saw the solo stuff i'm a what is it i'm, I'm just a purist yeah. And I, I again, I'm a, hypocr- yeah, I'm a hypocrite because they want to make money and they got a new audience. They got younger people that don't even know who Harrison Ford is and don't even know who the original Han Solo is. But they got to make they got to make a new solo movie and they're gonna make bajillions of dollars. But is there a point where they saturate uh, the world with Star Wars? Did you yes. hear this? So there's Solo. Yeah. There's a standalone movie by Ryan what's his butt. Ryan Johnson. There's a standalone movie world or universe by another guy. Yeah. So. Ryan Johnson's getting his own trilogy, which I'm all for. I'm all for. Like, say what you will about The Last Jedi. Even if you fucking hated it and you're well within your rights to do so, you are more than welcome. I'm not going to fight you on your hatred. <laughs> However, as much as you might hate The Last Jedi, it's the first Star Wars movie to be its own fucking movie. Things changed in it. Things got different. They didn't just stick to the same fucking formula. Things changed. True. And that's good. We need change in these franchises. They stay the same, they get boring to watch. Every Marvel movie is not exciting to watch because you know they're only gearing up for Infinity War. So no matter what you watch, whatever happens at the end of this movie, the good guys are going to be okay, the bad guys are going to be defeated because we're still launching towards Infinity War. There's been some good Marvel movies, there's been some really shitty ones. But either way, the character's never actually in danger. Because they all have to get to they Infinity to War, <laughs> and where they, where maybe they'll die, maybe. Well, what was um, was it uh, Civil War? Yeah. Where we lot did what's his butt die? We didn't lose anybody in that fucking movie. Who are you talking what was about? The movie, the the black dude that was in um um. The, what? Uh, he was uh, the War original? Machine. Yeah. He Don was, Cheadle. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he get like he got? Did he get beat hurt? Oh, He's not dead. He got hurt. That's it. Yeah, so here's a good point. Side note, because I want to inco- involve the t- two people that are watching. <laughs> Not really. Um, I have, I've had my son watch the originals. That's <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're referring to, but... Yeah, I don't know what the blasphemy is referring to. Um, yeah, watch the originals, because I think even if they're the remastered Blu-ray runs that have a lot of weird, stupid, wasted effects, like Han Solo stepping on Jabba the Hutt's tail... Look, Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. It has not yeah. been defeated. Yeah. And I'm, if I'm you very... challenge me on that, congratulations, <laughs> bring it on. I'll fucking win. Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie, 
period. Last Jedi is the closest thing to an Empire Strikes Back we've gotten in like 10 years. Yeah. It's the closest thing. Yeah. They change the rules. They talk more about the Force. They go more into mythology instead of sticking to the same bullshit we've been used to. But if you think now, Devil's Advocate, so we got all these standalones. We got Solo. Is there another standalone coming out? So, Ryan Johnson gets his own trilogy. I'm all for that. It's, it, those it's are standalone have in that they have nothing to do with the Luke world Skywalker. Okay, and so it's like a standalone great. trilogy. That's great. The the two like the main writers from Game of Thrones also that, have a yeah, new yeah, trilogy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I don't know what the hell to feel about that because I like Game of Thrones and all, but I don't know that those guys should have a Star Wars. Well, wait, what makes? Well, okay, now this is a chicken and egg scenario what makes star wars star wars you get rid of the things that established star wars was right if we're going into something completely new that's the thing is like people like well it's the characters this isn't how luke should have been okay how should luke have been then i would love to hear how should luke have been a perfect jedi master who is good and incapable of doing wrong that's boring that's super boring. I didn't and see plus, that. I didn't see that. Frankly, coming. if you're a true Star Wars fan, all the extended universe stuff, which yes, they took it out of canon, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> the original Star Wars universe stuff after Return of the Jedi, Luke goes back to the Emperor because he's still alive, joins the dark side to defeat him, but pretty much all the same shit happens. He starts a temple. He trains new Jedi's. There's dark Jedi's who come and fuck shit up. He has to pose as a dark sider fuck everybody's lives up, and then eventually kill Palpatine again. Before Luke and Leia have kids, and then they have kids. And then there's more drama with that bullshit, and one of their kids still goes to the dark side. Nothing has actually really changed. But now who's with me in that? Like, I've never liked Luke. Like, I've always watched Star Wars for Han Solo. So the minute he died in whatever the hell, I just blanked what it was called. I'm out. I'm out. The minute he killed by the big-nosed... Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Vidal Sassoon hair. Don't get me Darth wrong. Vader. I, I, as an actor, I like him. I think he's not right for the part he's got. I mean, he throws a really good tantrum. Yeah, he's really I good guess. at that, and he's a marine, so I'm supposed to support him. Again, <sighs> I like him as an actor. I don't think he was a good choice for that role. I don't think the guy they picked for the Han Solo movie is a good choice either. And what maybe was the I'll movie be he was in? Uh, Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar and a couple other things. Yeah, he doesn't have that. Sh- he has more of a boy band he look than a be... swash, 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 swash. You know player. what? He might bring Han Solo to life as a young Han Solo. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Maybe he'll fucking kill it. Yeah. But he doesn't look like Han Solo to me. I'll say this. He looks like a boy band. Donald Glover is as fucking Lando is awesome. Yeah, that I was think spot that's on. cool. That'll be fun yeah. as fuck to watch. Uh, I don't know. Have anything I do? Like, Here's I don't know what, much okay. about the story. I wasn't involved, in, like invested in the Han Solo movie when I first heard about it. <sighs> I was. I will say this. It's really fun, especially from the trailer, to see that they're going to do a lot more of the Imperial things, which Han Solo was supposed to be an Imperial pilot, and then he, like, changed sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fucking cool. I'm what glad I, to see that. Here's what I'm getting sick of. Like, within, I think, three minutes of the opening of uh, The Last Jedi, where that pilot was doing the, the joke. Oh, I'm, I'm still here. On, I'm on hold. I'm waiting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Modern po, po jokes Dameron. with... Star Wars, Wars? Yeah. don't work for me. I was done. Like that ruined the movie for me. I, I thought that was funny. I, I, I thought was that lost. was funny. It I was, didn't. It was funny, but it was it had nothing to do with the Star Wars humor. That wasn't a joke. Like even when Star Wars was made in the late seventies and eighties, yeah, jokes that were 
modern for the culture of the time, 70s, 80s, and late 80s, weren't forced into Star Wars. There True. weren't jokes about, like, not one person went peace. You know, not one person went whatever, you know, uh, not a single joke was forced into the movie. But though that joke, whatever the whatever the dude's name is, that is a joke that we in 2018 it's like do a, with each yeah, other. It's that's a something you can see on yeah, you can see that on Brooklyn Nine Nine. You know, and you know that's that's the thing is like with the last Jedi, just like with the Force Awakens. You know, Force Awakens wasn't a good movie. It was basically just a New Hope again. That's all. That's all the Force exactly, Awakens was. Yeah, it was exactly do like a, a New play Hope by again. Play where it's almost exactly the same movie. Yeah, Rebels, uh, Planet Blows Up. A New Hope is great, but giving me a New Hope over again with new characters isn't great. It's, um, it's, yeah, there it's will be try. spoilers for those of you. Uh, not in, avert, um, obvious, sorry. Well, we're talking about The Last Jedi. We're not really giving spoilers. Yeah, we're, we're kind of like, all over the So place. far, we literally have not given a single spoiler. Unless you, unless you didn't know about Han Solo. But Han Solo died in Force Awakens. There's your spoiler. <laughs> which came I'm out. I'm not sure what you're talking which, about. Uh, not to be a dick, but that movie came out three years ago, so that's on you. Has it been three years? Yeah. At least two. Either way. I would look it up, but I have archaic Apple products right now, so they'll probably just crash. If you in. haven't seen a movie that came out two years ago, that's on you. Yeah. Sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. That came out two years ago. Get your shit together. So I had I had interesting topics. Let's see. So we covered. <laughs> see if I dare look at it. <laughs> we covered DC. Ooh. Uh, while I'm waiting for God only knows what to boot up, did you see the new Deadpool uh, stuff? Yes. I think it's hilarious. I know. I'm excited. I'm so bitter. Fact. I, it's the, awesome. Like, you know. And however you feel. one will probably pull it off. Oh, yeah, he will. However you feel about mm. the cable casting, like, I, I think that's Berlin, Je- that's Jill, That's jealous actor Jeff. But uh, I think the trailer is once the trailer gave me hope because <laughs> Deadpool I was excited about and I really love Deadpool I really do but uh the the sequel I was worried about cuz inevitably sequels aren't typically yeah. as good as the first one or they're way better than the first one and then they have a trilogy and the third one sucks or they're a repeat yeah or that which so this looks definitely one different. Two, they're hitting some very important comic lore with those characters. Yeah. Three, they have they're keeping their their amazing sense of humor about fucking everything, and that's that's so important. The trailer important. was the one where um, uh, what's his 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 name when he's not Deadpool? His oh Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson when he's 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 in Wade. You know he doesn't have his hood on. He's all melted and all that. And the blind lady's pointing the gun that way, and he turns her arm. I'm just like, yes. I mean, I lost my shit, frankly, just when, like, he's got the green screen sleeve, and he's like, what the fuck? Hold on a minute. What is this? We need to render this shit. Okay. Ryan Reynolds, and he starts playing with the dolls. Ryan Reynolds was born Too good. to play uh, Deadpool. There's no question. It's it's such, it's like a perfect trailer and a perfect way to go into that movie. Even if, like, even, like obviously, him playing with dolls, probably not in the movie. And it doesn't need to be. It's perfect. He's a special human being. I'm waiting for this to load. What, um... Oh, that... Back to Justice League. Um, Mr. Beard and Gray must... Gray, uh... God, my my more famous doppelganger. Mm. At the end of Justice League. Cable? Sable. Uh, what the hell is this character's name? Uh, Joe Magliano. Jo- uh, however you say his name. Dead... Shot. No, Deadshot's... No, uh, no, he's he's Deathstroke. 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 Ah, they're bringing Lex Luthor back. No. I don't, I don't want to get into that. 
I like Jesse Eisenberg. I hate, I hate the Lex Luthor they gave us. <laughs> I don't know what that was supposed to be. Yeah. I don't know who Jesse Eisenberg was trying to be, or what the direction for that was, but that was not was Lex Luthor. Not yeah. even. I I can't even accept it as a modern update on Lex Luthor. <laughs> I just can't. Like Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor in Bat and Superman Returns was rough enough. Wait, Kevin Superman. That's Kevin. right. Brandon Ruth, Superman Holy Returns, God. the first big Superman comeback movie they did. Kevin Spacey was Lex Luthor, and uh, I mean, obviously, it's taboo to talk about Kevin Spacey these days yeah. for for very good did reasons. Did they get rid of his master class? They did. <gasps> his master class. I did too. He's a, doesn't detract. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. Shit. He's just a piece of shit human, yeah, apparently, which is always a bummer. That's the other thing too about this last couple of years. You know, you know that it's the same yeah, from the Dark Knight. So it's the same from the Dark Knight. You either live long enough <laughs> to die a hero, or see yourself become the villain. God damn it! You're so right. I mean. Half, oh, half, man. like, it's really upsetting that oh. so, like, literally, not just Kevin Spacey, but so many, you could call them heroes of various people, especially in well, our industry. Why, I you mean. You can call them heroes. I'm not saying that Weinstein was a hero. they're all awful. But how much of, does his company own? All the Kill Bills, oh. anything to do with Pulp Fiction, anything to do with. And every time something like this comes out, you just have to sit there and go. Who else had to go through this shit? Yeah. Do you have your phone? I can't I look do. at any of my stuff. Can you look at our... Uh, I Google invited you, right? Let's see. Look at our calendar thing because I had some topic ideas. Well, let's find out. Yeah. Oh my god. Google Calendar? I thought I invited you. Did you put it on the calendar? I thought I this is the part of the podcast where we get real clerical for me. <laughs> clerical. I think it's my goal now, just because of the past few. Like, we haven't done this in a while, but if by the end of this podcast I have at least one person watching that hates me, I think I've done my job. Because I'm challenging That's what my you new, believe. Um, uh, I, I sound like I'm totally humping them, but like Joe Rogan was... I, I'd already done this, but it reaffirmed something. Um, Joe Rogan was talking about on his podcast how he goes, he hates being friends with actors because they're so terrified of their image making all these decisions he goes what i can't remember the actor he was bringing up but he brought up some actor that he said hey come hunting with me and the actor goes oh no i can't because that actor because knew, it'll be poorly yeah, received like oh so and so hunts and kills animals and then i was like you know what i'm tired of this that's where i did the whole i'm, I'm doing that whole welcome to boz cause yep you know i'm i'm, I'm bringing it back uh, but yeah let's see you know, write a note or something ideas you do have a google doc in here let's check it out back feels great i've been doing my yoga <laughs> i have not been doing my yoga uh let's see whiskey and bs that's us <laughs> okay dvd and commentary uh, could this be any darker uh, logan oh sorry my screen I, I have low battery i turned my brightness all the way down i mean we've, we've I talked I wrote, about i wrote something in the calendar but it's not coming up on this no big deal Jack Reacher, I like it. Who we are. Yeah, that's old. I wrote something specifically in the today's. 
but my calendar is not uh, cooperating. For today? Yeah. I don't have that for today. Look at your calendar. I for me. well, that's what I. That's where I got this originally. Scroll this down a little bit today. more. This Nothing. is all I got. Ideas, etc. Let me check the other one because there's two. Yeah. <laughs> no, same thing. All right. Whatever. Same thing. Too much technology. Ah, whatever. Anyway. Um, Jeff, what part of the movie are you talking about? You can be a great Marvel's cast. Um, Which part of what movie? I'm not sure. Um, I know you're playing catch-up, Karen. Well, here's the thing, and this will be for both Scott and I and everybody that's ever followed us or is fo- catching up on podcasts, is friends and family. We love it. <laughs> when you say, this movie's for you, you should totally be in that. Oh, fuck. Um, Vikings. Any Marvel movie. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Walking Dead. I know what you're saying. Anything with Joe Magliano. The phrasing it's, is like this. You'd be great in this. Why don't you go out for that? And it's That's not how it works. I know. And 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 don't ever stop saying that stuff. Yeah. Because like, it is very supportive it, and appreciative. Definitely. But um, the one thing, and this this is hard coming from either um, ignorance, not in an insulting way, or a world of military or firefighting background where work um, equates results. That's not how it works in this silly city. Um, you know, like I saw something, Tom Hanks is uh, casting his next movie and he's doing a PR spin like he's looking for real vets and you click on it, he needs extras. Yep. Um, and extras basically are the people you see the back of their heads and they stand around pressing buttons on some console in a military movie. Or they're in a crowd or something. Yeah, so extras, no disrespect to people that do extra work. They populate the universe in the background. They're drinking coffee. They're walking back and forth behind the main actors. Yeah. To get an audition for the big roles and the big movies in whatever movie you say Scott and I should be in or our friends should be in or whatever, you have to know the right people. You have to have the mm-hmm. right agent uh, because some auditions, they actually don't release to B, C, D, and E-level agents. Um, that's just the nature of the beast. Um, how some no-name guy gets an audition for, you know, to play Han Solo, or not Han Solo, that's not a good one, uh, the smart-ass guy in The Last Jedi that I hated his opening jokes. Oh, Poe Dameron? Yeah. I have never heard of him in my life. How Oscar he... Isaac? Yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised you haven't heard of him. No, honestly. my bad. Bad example. He's pretty good. Okay, uh, <laughs> bad example. Uh, but basically, those actors that all of a sudden seem to come out of nowhere, somehow they got an audition uh, invite. You know, yep. whether they did, it's who you know, who you know, who you know, or who what agent. It, it, there is no recipe, which is what is frustrating. Which agent can get you the part? Yeah. Which agent can't get you the part? You know, like, I'll even find stuff, No, no, not knocking my agent specifically, but I'll even hear, because of my stunt connections, about, like, Venom, when it was being done with Tom Hardy. They're like, hey, they need this, this, and this, and I'll contact my agent, and they're like, they're shooting Venom? It's like, yeah, they've been shooting it for, like, six months. And it's just because of the, my stunt connections, I know they're shooting it, but they didn't release it to... You know, unless, unless you have like Tom Cruise agent, you won't know about it. So no, it's, there's, a, it's a regular thing where we find out about projects that are shooting that we'd never even, we didn't know they were happening. Yeah. And they don't come out on basically the classifieds for actors. They call them the breakdowns. Those don't yeah. come out. Um, it's extremely frustrating. Um, I know for a fact, I just forgot his name. The main, um, he was in the, the first several seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was the uh, tall, good-looking guy. Oh, the Agent Ward? Yeah, Ward. I don't know his actor name. I literally had an audition for that guy, and I was an inch too tall. I know. And, I remember. And that's one of those ones where I had a chance because they wanted a quote-unquote no-name, or they just, but I was just too big. And 
and that's a prime example of you never freaking know, but at the same you time, uh, there's also non-realities because I would cast Jeffrey Dean Morgan as, um, I just blanked his name, Negan, Negan, over Jeff Bosley as Negan because Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a known name, known quantity, goes back to earlier in the podcast, yep. makes money. Yep. Jeff Bosley actor, sad. Jeff Bosley producer gets it. So it's a frustrating world we live in. It's it is it really is like um, uh, I had a I had a Modern Family audition that I had for a character that I'm not licking Scott's butt, but this dude needs his own sitcom. He needs to be on Modern Family. There's I had, no doubt about it. Like I like Modern Family just generally as a show. It's not the the best show ever, but I had an audition for that show, which by all rights I shouldn't have fucking gotten, but I got. <laughs> I did, and I went and I did the thing, and. Uh, it's weird, man. This industry is fucking weird. They tell you one thing when they really mean another. And uh, I got in the room. I, I did the lines that I was supposed to do. I even felt good about it. <laughs> that, that's the catch-22. When you go into the room and you actually feel good about what you did, which wow. is rare, by the way, you usually walk out of the room going, that sucked. <laughs> but I felt pretty good about what I did, and they cast this this guy who literally was completely opposite of the description of the character. Completely opposite. And he must have did something in his audition that set him apart. Yeah. Like, kudos to him. No disrespect. But, like, uh, you know, the character is described as, like, a... What was it? Fuck. It was, like, a, a creative type. That's what they put it. A creative business professional type. And I went in there doing that, and they, they the description even had listed as, like, dark hair yeah you know it was you yeah it was me and they cast this redhead dude with glasses who in the show the character he's playing is is very inconsequential so it doesn't really it doesn't really matter honestly but i was like that's super confusing yes that's not at all what the description said yeah but they went with that guy so like all all i can think is he must have did something in his audition that that, changed their mind really changed their mind Good for him. Yeah. Here's a perfect example. But that's how this business goes, you know? And this you is, just never know. And this is fresh from yesterday. So I'm very fortunate to be taking a class from the casting director of SEAL Team. If you haven't seen SEAL Team, episode 13. Spoiler, I die. Spoiler, <laughs> he dies. Spoiler, we almost... In an awesome way, though. It sounds um, like we almost had... We, we could have changed that, but it didn't happen. But, again, I'm still sticking my guns. You don't see him die. That's true. Um, and in real world, you actually push the interpreter into the building first because if somebody blows, if something blows up, you have a human shield. So anybody that hasn't seen uh, episode thirteen, I can't remember the word, the the show, the episode title has the word get get something, uh, get out or get out of the way. I can't remember. Called. But anyway, uh, go watch it. Um, I'm in the opening scene. Um, the whole episode is about me. We'll get to that later, actually. But anyway, I'm in the casting director her class. And last uh, Saturday, this is this was I knew this, but it wasn't until I did it that I found out how painfully interesting Hollywood is. We actually ran auditions. She gave us sides. Some of them were from SEAL Team, some of them from other shows, and um, she actually assigned people to play casting director, director, producer, showrunner, writer, and then everybody would audition, and then they would put. We would run the we'd run we ran class like an audition basically, and. There was one character, and I'm not knock. This is actually a compliment to everybody that auditioned. 
uh, they, she gave us the character description for this this set of audition people, and the character was it's something like he's strung out, he partied too hard the night before, he's hungover and everything. And one of our actors in the class, he has long hair. He's actually wearing like a, a rock that, that rocker leather jacket. Yep. He totally fit the par- character description. He played it like he'd been coked out all night before. He's tired and ex- and all that. And I was like, yeah, that he matches the character description. His performance matched what I you know this pre this preconceived notion and then but we out just like any other audition you had to see everybody that was there in the audition room and we brought in another gentleman and uh he's an amazing actor in his own right he's kind of eric stone street-esque okay a modern family yeah yeah yeah. and he had for it, it, he didn't match the character description at all uh you didn't picture this guy like doing blow all night long partying he didn't match the scene but i would have cast him Versus the guy who I would have stereotypically cast because after I saw his performance, I changed who I would want to see. And it proved in the world of casting and auditions, sh- literally shit happens. You never know. You could match the description. They might not like your eye color. They might not like your height. They might actually yep. see a performance that changes their mind. You might have gone first. Like one girl, a good friend of mine now, she went first in an audition and it was actually for SEAL Team. Uh, again, it was mock, but they used a, an old SEAL team script. The female had to be like, she's like a tough CIA agent trying to bow up to the lead SEAL, uh, Navy SEAL guy. So it was like this David power Boreanaz. struggle. Exactly. So I was actually the reader off camera playing David Boreanaz's character. So it was like this, you know, this, this basically a dick measuring contest. But the girl had to not come across like this crazy, you know, like power monger. And the girl delivered it. She was a little flirty, trying to get what she wanted, and then she left. And then other girls were like, oh, we should have had her do it this way. And then we completely changed our casting eyes after we saw number, girl number two, three, and four. Yep. And girl number one didn't get a fair shot at it because we actually adjusted our casting sights after she went. That she didn't happens. do bad. And so that's the thing. is, It's almost peaceful. It doesn't pay the bills, but it's almost peaceful that there are a million things that are not in our control. Yeah, if you're a shitty actor, that's your fault. But outside of that one thing, there's a million and one things that you can't control. Height, shoes, hair color, eye color. Does the casting director have to go to the bathroom? Do they hate you? Do they remind you of your ex? Do they remind you of your current boyfriend? It sounds shitty, but that is the actual reality of acting. It yes. really is. And like, it's so... You, pro- you might be an amazing actor... But if you don't fit exactly the look that they are picturing for but this ad at or that commercial moment. or movie. Yeah, but at that moment. Especially at that moment. <laughs> you're probably not going to get it. Yeah. That's, that's the shitty reality. You could be the most amazing actor in the world. But if you don't fit the look that the client wants for their ad or movie or whatever, you're not getting it. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. I mean, like, I booked, uh, it's been a weird uh, season for me. I, I normally don't book commercials because I have a weird height issue. A lot of people don't want to cast tall guys. Oh, what, you're 6'4"? 6'6"? Six, six, six? You're a tall like, son of a bitch. I've booked two commercials where when I got the booking, I was like, are you sure? Because they literally, they didn't, the, the role didn't need <laughs> the guy to be six and a half, nearly six and a half feet tall. Yeah. Like, I almost talked myself out of the job going, you don't need me. There was literally a clone sitting next to me in the audition room, looked exactly like me, that could do what I did. Whatever. But again, talking out of a job. But anyway, 
that's so anyway that was that long long commentary on basically somebody that says you should be you could be great in x y and z movie massively appreciated sadly we have no say in it like it it's it sucks it's literally who yeah. you know um it's, it's a who pain you know in the ass. and who who through who you know you yeah. can get to yeah i mean like, and if it's, you got a great fucking agent you can get to some cool people yeah but and oddly a lot of my I mean, just not even in a name droppy way, but like my Uma Thurman movie, my Navy SEAL team movie. Still hasn't come out. I'm waiting for it. I know. That's I know. a whole other side note. Um, a lot of my biggie <laughs> ones, uh, my the, the movie I was in South Korea shooting, those were all through a friend of a friend, a guy who knew a guy, a guy who suggested me, a friend who was on set that day that needed me. Um, it had nothing to do with an agent. Um, and even if like WME, there's a huge agency here in, in L.A., even if it was released to that, my friend who got me that job call, called me before they sent the audition out to WME. So the city's a shitstorm. There's literally, it sucks. I mean, it doesn't, there, I mean, it does suck. I they're guess. literally like, there's, there, and I, I'll say this because I believe it and I'm going to stick by it, but there are a million classes. There are a million different schools of thought. There are a million different fucking people out there trying to tell you this is how you're going to make it. <laughs> none of it's true. Yeah. Literally none of it. Yeah. Because the bottom line is if you make it, the f if you making it based on your talent is very unlikely. Yeah. Honestly, it sucks, but that's the truth. Well, I think uh, one of the people I follow the most is Will Smith because he, I'm bastardizing one of his quotes, but he says something like he goes, he goes, I'm not the most talented, but I'm the hardest worker. Talent can, you can fix talent, but you can't fix work ethic. No, you, you can't. can't. Fix, and, and, and that's the thing that like, just being the last man standing and in this city, again, it's also timing. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to be, I'm sure you're the same way. If I'm sitting in a cafe and the famous director trips over my ankle and goes, I want to make you famous. Be like, it's not like I'm going to go, no, no, no. I want to suffer for 10 years. No. I'll be like, where do I sign? Here's my soul. Let's do this. Nobody wants to suffer that long. Nobody wants to have to put in that much work to get to that fame category. And like, let me let me get something straight. I don't give two fucking shits about fame as far as like the fame factor. What I give a shit about is what fame could afford me. Like the opportunity to make something. There's a country on song on my that own says, fucking shit. Who knows the country song uh I don't want to be rich or uh fuck. Country people, help me out here. It says something like um it won't. I don't want to be rich. It won't fix my problems, but it'll sure as hell buy me a boat or something like that. It'll buy me a truck to tow it or something like that. Uh, country people, please chime in. Which, by the way, side note, if you're looking for a good way to try to help Jeff or me, you know Jeff better than me, guaranteed. But if you're looking for a way to help us, support more indie films. Yeah. Honestly. Because that's the only way you're going to support us until we, like, hit it big. Which could be a long time. Honestly. Some actors don't hit it till they're fucking 40. I'm no. ready for that. Jeff's, Jeff's nearing that. <laughs> who, Calm wait, down. Who, Calm who, down. Who, who, um, Frazier's dad, the guy that played Frazier's dad, oh, that's just so passed sad. away. He's so good. He started acting when he was 37. He's so good. Yeah. 
Anyway, and that, anyway. that's the thing. There's like there's plenty of examples of people who have made it later in life, yeah. which is why uh, Liam Neeson. He had like exactly. a resur- he had a resurgence. Which is why you know Jeff. Well, not why, but honestly, Jeff has just as good a shot as anybody, and I got just as good a shot as anybody. But Jeff, I feel like a little bit more so, just because of connection. Like he's connected and he's <laughs> talented. If you don't know how talented Jeff is, from a director standpoint. Jeff's talented as son of a bitch. Like he's, a, he's super talented. I owe him $20 now. You don't owe me shit. <laughs> I bought the whiskey. We're good. So, <laughs> but the bottom line is, if you want to help us out, support indie films, dude. Like, seriously. If you don't know about a movie and you want to watch it, watch the goddamn movie. Seriously. Well, I think the... Here's the weirdest thing is, like... Uh, I don't know the answer, but I it's it's... It's weird because we now live in an age where, whether it's literally social media, Facebook, etc., or just an online presence, that is the fuel. It's, it's just an. I, I hate. I, this was a, a post. Part of my post today was referencing. Somebody chimed in when I mentioned uh, like hire the best performer, not the person who has a special skill. Yeah. Like don't hire somebody who's a real old doctor. So hire somebody that can act like a good doctor, etc. Somebody chimed in today saying, um, and don't hire the person with the most social media following. Now. That's so shitty. I have a whole tangent about that. I've been in a movie with one of those people, and that was the thing that brought, and it was a built-in audience, thus putting money on everybody's, in everybody's account, and putting food on everybody's table, because it automatically brought a, you could literally go, this person has three million followers. Let's say even half of these people show up to the movie. A million and a half people are going to pay for $15 tickets. Boom. Guaranteed. Doesn't mean they're the best actor, best person cast. But from a producer standpoint, it makes loosely makes sense. But my point is, is in this world of social media and supporting indie film is it's, it's, there aren't theaters showing indie film. I mean, you have to be in like the major markets, LA, Chicago, Atlanta, where they have these weird theaters out in some back alley plant where you rented. Like, Scott and I would kill to play. Like, I'd actually, anybody that's followed me that's seen the Cowboy Pictures Parallax, I need to get my ass in gear and actually start submitting that to indie festivals. But that's going to be in some random alley uh, theater where I paid them to display it on their screen where somebody happens to walk by and wants to do a unique date with their girlfriend. I just have to share this really quick to interrupt your train of thought. Uh, I did a quick Instagram thing. Uh And somebody seeing you asked the question, hold on. Is that Rick? <laughs> All no. Dead. No, it's not Rick. I'm a foot taller. Oh, and like I'm not literally British. a full foot. At least a foot. Probably more than that. Oh, and here, okay. We're all over the place. Okay, yeah, so um, to answer, to conclude Scott's thing, yeah. <laughs> Support indie films, and it it's, it's a catch-22. Going to them is great. Mm-hmm. That gets eyes on. Like Kevin Smith and Clerks, he but he 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 screened Clerks. Was it Cannes? Cannes. Cannes. So he screened it in France at Cannes Film Festival. And shit, ironically, I think it was Harvey Weinstein was in the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so disregard his fucked up treatment of women. So, I mean, actually, Kevin Smith has a whole like tangent on one of his podcasts on how no joke, not using the word the phrase literally in the cliche annoying way. But Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein literally gave Kevin Smith his career. All of his movies, after Clerks, Forward, uh, Goodwill Hunting, I think was Weinstein. 
Yeah, you're right. Shit. Kevin Smith, he said in his podcast, his career is based on Weinstein. Like he, he, and he doesn't know what to do with that knowledge. But anyway, Kevin Smith somehow he got into Can, and that's huge. So if he can get indie film in Can, that helps. But he, I, I believe the theaters were empty, and Weinstein sat in the back and loved it. The rest is history. So yeah, you can go to these movies, you can go to the back alley and watch, you know, Scott Knight's movie or my movie or whatever in some back alley indie film theater. But in the way, in the world of social media, I, I think honestly, the best way you can help anything is is sharing. I, I think that's really it is click and share because in the way social media algorithms are built, <sighs> sheer saturation of the market gets eyes on. And because I can attribute to most of my gigs, most of my jobs, most of my references to Scott, me, or whomever, based on a guy who knew a guy who saw a post, who knew a guy who saw this post, it, it's, it's the world we live in. And so seeing those things saying, hey... You know, like I've even had somebody, the, the Parallax movie is a perfect example. The cow, Anything you see me wearing a cowboy hat in, I've, I've kind of rekindled that movie. People said, oh, I, I have a friend who did his own stunts. He was in a Western. Let me send it to you. And it just, it's, it's this weird self-perpetuating beast. And that's what True. you can do to sell, is, is that. Yeah, <clears throat> we can share the new trailer to Deadpool. We can share the new trailer to Marvel, you know, Infinity Wars. Great. But if you see this really cool, nitty gritty film or even a trailer because that's all we have the money for that's the thing is it has to get on the right people's radars because is and again sharing all this everybody needs to remember that producer no matter how pure of heart he is he could be jesus himself at the end of the day they need to go is this going to make me money they can have i mean mel gibson even when he made passion of the christ he made that because he could but he still at the end of the day wanted to make money if he made Passion That's of the true. Christ early in his career and said, hey, listen, I don't even know who distributed it. Let's say it was Warner Brothers. I'm going to make a movie on Jesus Christ, all in Aramaic, and F you. They're going to be like, screw you, you can't make this. Uh, forgive the language, but he got fuck you money. He did. Made, he made his movie his way, but he still knew in the back of his head it would make money. Dude, Mel Gibson's a fucking prick. <laughs> like, straight up. Completely, 100% asshole but but his movies make money his movies do make money so the thing at the end of the day is is when you share it when you post it when you send it to a friend who knows a friend who knows a producer who did a reality show who was an intern on cbs or whatever at the end of the day just like any other business sharing that the people need to go how is this okay there's extreme people they're like oh how's this gonna buy me a yacht Scott and I are like, how is this going to put food on my table? Exactly. But regardless, the, the common ground we have is how is this going to help me put money in my pocketbook to survive? Okay, look. I'm going to... For, for a lot of people who are listening, if you care, which you probably don't, and that's fine. Uh, talking about that, something that me and Jeff come into contact with on a regular basis... And your biases are welcome. <laughs> Instagram followers. There are literally... Yeah. They've been casting parts based on people's Instagram followers. I what with, is I that? With, I worked with one. I know you did. <laughs> I know and you did. And he seems did. like a good dude. Don't get me wrong. And that's the thing is like, you know, you, you could argue that maybe these people are talented. Sure. Fine. Okay. Great. Me, for example, I don't have a lot of Instagram followers. <laughs> and 
That's not me saying I want them. I don't. I don't fucking want them. The only people I need following me are people that I know or like or have conversations with. I don't give a fuck about the general populace. No offense. But, <laughs> like, this is something we come into, like, encounters with on a daily basis. Yeah. They are casting, and there are casting notices that literally say... Include your Instagram yeah. handle. Include your followers so we know. Because all they give a shit about is can we market this? Can yeah. we get people to pay for it? And if you have a lot of followers, yeah, you can probably get people to pay for it. Yeah. If you don't, why bother? doesn't matter how talented they are. Why bother? And that's not me trying to be like, oh, me and Jeff are crazy talented. <laughs> because I'm the first person to walk out of putting my head up his own ass, okay? <laughs> I don't think I'm that talented. The fact that anybody thinks I'm talented is amazing to me. If I write something and send it to you and you're like, it's good, I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> but the point is, like, if you want to see movies with people who are literally, actually talented and you want to see something different than what you're used to, indie films. Not fucking people who are Instagram famous. Because, no offense, fuck those people. <laughs> I'm sorry, but fuck those people. Like, they don't do anything. They take a picture of themselves, they post a witty comment, maybe, and hashtag just the right amount to get people to like or follow. Yep. That's not talent, dude. That's, that's maybe a genius side of marketing. Basically, yeah, it'd be like, okay, I always come back to my father's an, ER, an emergency room physician, and uh, I use him as a metaphor a lot of times, especially when I was in Colorado. Um, huge disclaimer, no offense to anybody in Colorado, but my dad couldn't work for free when he was a new doctor. Uh, so people that do the coffee credit gas, yep. you get why you have to do that, yep. but it doesn't put food or gas in our gas tank. We it need money. Um, but I also look at the flip side of that of, of, oh, just a minute, where were they going with that? Just a minute. Oh, the Instagram follower thing. It'd be an insult if they said, well, we want a physician. We're not so concerned about his skills, but how many patients has he had? Exactly. Who cares how good the patients are, how, how, like, it, it's literally, it, 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 it is a calculable, uh, popularity contest. And... I hate that I agree with the producer side of it because, like I said, if you have a guy that has 5 million followers and half of them come in, that's 2,500,000 followers, and they paid $15 a ticket, that's, they, can go, they can do the math to figure out, okay, cool, we made our money back. Especially if you can but get it's that a slap person in the to face. fucking post about it. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. It's free advertising. So, when I, whenever I post, um, I posted the, the shit out of SEAL Team. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask that. I'm not one of the recurring characters. I'm not a lead role. I love the show. I love the tech guys. I love everybody who got me involved. I love, I love, I love disclaimer. But they didn't ask me to tag the shit out of it. Again, I'm not. I'm a huge following, but they got free advertising. Yep, tons of free advertising. I used their logo. I used images from the the set. They got tons of free advertising. But if I had five million followers, and then with all the new algorithms of Facebook and you know, like a lot of you have seen this just in the personal world. Facebook is forced, force implemented this algorithm of like who your friends are and what friends yep. you're going to see. That's just mm-hmm. between friends, like Scott and I as friends. 
excuse me, that's not even counting businesses that record that like survive, like Pauline's Fight or Die, me on my per, my pro page. That doesn't count like businesses that s- survive off of these algorithms. So now that they're forcing these algorithms down their throat, people are going to be like, oh, "We need the guy that has five million followers, that fancy blue check mark, and if he posts, hey, watch my movie, boom, free advertising." So it's a retarded catch twenty two. As a teacher, <laughs> that this is important for those of you with kids. As a teacher, let me tell you. On a daily basis, I have to tell your fucking kids <laughs> that these YouTube personalities who are literally dickheads are not talented, are not people they should be interested in because they don't know any better. Logan <laughs> Paul, if you know who that Ooh. is. If you don't, I had one of my students come in talking to me just without prompting, telling me how Logan Paul is his hero prior to all the scandal. That's a painful... And prior to all the scandal, which it was already there, frankly, I have to tell this kid, this is not somebody you should follow. This is not somebody you should feel is important because they're a dick. They're a complete piece of shit asshole who is profiting off of other people's misery or, like literal racist shit that is what they're doing and your kids are eating it up they literally are because they don't know any better especially with our like not to get political with our president i don't give a fuck who you voted for i really don't yeah but frankly if you're not taking care of what your kids are taking in, especially with who we have in our head office, <laughs> you're an idiot. You are an idiot. Because you are wrong if you think your kid is smart enough not to be swayed by the public opinion. Somebody had, not random tangent, somebody had an interesting point. What if ex-president had Twitter and used it to the point, like... Everybody, okay, if this isn't political taking sides. It isn't. But let's say, okay, so obviously Trump is insane with Twitter to the point, good, bad, or indifferent. But let's say some controversial, controversial President X used Twitter, had Twitter, and engaged in Twitter as much as Trump. Are we are we blown away that it's Trump, or are we are we blown away by his content or his use of? Use. Like let's okay, yeah, let's say. Uh, Name a controversial president. Nixon. Nixon. Let's say he had access and used Twitter to the, the the degree Trump does. We would, I think, and I this isn't political. I, I suck at politics. I, I blatantly, ignorantly dive away from him. But let's say he went crazy on Twitter. Like, oh, I just went into the this hotel and, and burned some papers. Um, we would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> I think it's just this is the first president to just go... Yep, I'm using this, and this is all I'm using. For anybody that thinks maybe I'm being overdramatic, <laughs> I'm a technology teacher. That's my job. That's what pays my bills right now until I get movie shit going. <laughs> I had a student not three months ago come into my classroom with his peers doing the literal Nazi march. Salute, stomp, and march. And I had to send him to the office. And he didn't understand why that was wrong. 
Why is that wrong? Because it is, right? Why is it wrong? These are what your kids are doing. Oh my God. I don't I'm not kidding. For that. I'm not fucking kidding. That is a literal thing that happened. <sighs> you know what's funny? Is... I hate getting political, frankly. Yeah. Because my opinion is not the same as anybody else's, more often than not. And that's fine. But be educated. Be educated about what your kids are doing. Please, <laughs> for Christ's sake, pay attention to what your kids are doing. But here's an interesting argument, and this was brought up with you. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of the book. I just forgot the author. Um, the book is called Tribe. Do you know the book? Mm-hmm. Basically, the book, uh, I can't remember the author. I Forgive me. Um, I have it sitting 20 feet from here. Um, it's called Tribe, and it's basically on the premise of tribal societies, people that like, you know, conglomerated and work together to survive, yeah. etc. <laughs> and it talks about how comparing the tribal mentality to what how we live today. And it was a it was a really interesting revelation in um, we are in a world where we need to survive and or where we need to do the right thing, etc. etc. Nope. And uh, Joe Rogan's had that author on his podcast a couple times and he mentioned how Ironically, to Scott, probably more me than Scott, and this isn't a compliment to myself, actually. It's actually a, an insult. Um, Scott's, I use social media as, as much of a tool as humanly possible, but one of my goals is to not need it as a tool, but to use it as what it is, as a social tool. None of us on social media are social anymore. I don't know who all my friends are. Social media is not social anymore. I want to get to the point where social media can be social, where I have... 30 friends and I know who they are but mm-hmm. it's an it's an ironic paradox in that social media phones telephones iPods iPads uh, you know we're driving looking at our iPhone all these things are actually influencing us to the point where we are no more we are like we're no longer human we have There's kids going oh I'm gonna do this Nazi march why I don't know because some other kid did it and I actually have a I have a flip phone. because they think it's fucking funny yeah yeah, and that's the thing is if is if we it's a catch it's ironic in that you know x amount of years ago before the internet I want to say ninety six I remember <laughs> here's a little <laughs> bit hey, of truth you're, you're not dating ninety yourself. well it's not a dating myself here thing but I you know I'm I want to come across as an innocent and pure Catholic but in nineteen ninety six when I went <laughs> off to college I was like sweet porn. <laughs> <laughs> But my dorm only had text, uh, HTML internet. So go. it would say, it would be like dot, 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 bracket image. I'm like, oh, what's the image? You click on the image, and it was a bar. I'm like, oh. So you had to guess which image actually was the image that you wanted to see. So this was the world I lived in where you had to earn, you had to earn your knowledge. You had to earn your research. You had to actually earn what you looked for. And so prior to that, though, you actually had to go to a, book you know you had to go to library you had to look in books you had to use the dewey decimal system you actually so had to some use your kid damn brain yeah so some kid wanted to know hey what's the nazi march he had the an, an innate filter system that was activated by the fact he had to go to, down to his bike drive to the right of the library mm-hmm. go look it up go take the time so there was like this 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 inherent uh forced pause before you took out an act, before you engaged or posted a tweet, there was this huge forced delay before you could actually do something stupid. 
where you would make an ass of yourself. Whereas now you're like, Nazi march, oh, these kids are cool, I'm going to do it too. There's no consequence, there's no delay, there's no forced repercussions. Where if you, uh, again, I'm a massive podcast listener, I think Joe Rogan again was talking to some psychologist today where if you could, if your tweets had to be forced through like some public relations agency <laughs> before you could actually post it. Yep. Um, he was, they're referencing, I forgot the person, but she said something, it was a comedian, she said something like, oh crap, I have AIDS. Oh wait, no I don't, I'm white. You know what I'm talking about? I, I know who, like, what you're She talking made a about. comment like that, whereas if that went through a public relations agency, there would be a massive positive. Yep. Like, don't post that. Count to 10. It wouldn't have ever been posted. However, now she's negative famous because of this post. Where That's the life we grew up in, where Scott and I had to get on our bike, go down to the Dell Library, use the Dewey Decimal System, and go, God, this is too much work. The Nazi march is a bad thing. I have kids literally today because this is why i'm talking about it i teach mondays wednesdays thursdays there's monday i have kids on a regular basis who literally say this phrase to me (laughs) in computer class i'm done with my work can i play games kids don't give a shit they never have really especially now don't give a shit about what they're learning they don't and if you think they do, you're wrong. Yeah, they're shooting for the end point. Please pay attention to your fucking kids. As in a fucking teacher in the world right now, please pay attention to yeah. your kids. And I mean, that's a weird thing. This is uh, like Pauline and I have no. Uh, everybody gets on this weird thing about kids. Pauline and I have no con or no plans on having kids for many reasons. That's a whole other topic, but. I honestly can't imagine having kids in this world. I can't. I, I, really I could can't. if I was in like Montana and a little bit more like delayed when it comes to the, the Maybe disaster. off in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, to be off like in the wilderness? Maybe. Some secluded In today's cabin. world? Yeah. Fuck that, dude. Like, God. good luck to all of you who have kids. Because yeah. frankly, you're in for your fucking work, dude. <laughs> you, are, you are in for some work. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Holy shit. I teach kindergarten through eighth grade. And I can tell you as a person who teaches computer technology to kindergarten through eighth grade. <laughs> nice deep sigh. Your, your kids are intelligent, but they're easily molded. That's an interesting thing is, is with social media the internet you know like i remember i remember when i had to write research papers you could only use like one internet source the rest yep. had actually be like textbooks and and cited sources and all that now information is so <sighs> instant and instantly readily available instant gratification <laughs> yeah. to to a get morbid, what you want in the snap of a fucking finger god help you guys it sucks like it's amazing for what it can do but for your kids' attention spans and what they're willing to learn or listen to, it fucking sucks, dude. Like, seriously. <laughs> I'm telling you, as a person who's teaching these kids, it sucks. You got these kids who are like, well, what about this? And you're, you're just sitting there like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
You're clued into an internet full of people who have wrong opinions. Yeah, and that's about the thing that, so many things. And that's the thing that blows my mind is 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 I don't have kids, and I I can't I don't know the answer because it's ironic because if you have some again blanket judgment nerd kid yep. that uses the internet to its advantage, uses social media to her his or her advantage, uses online libraries that they never would have had access to to their advantage. Holy shit! The world, the the world is their oyster, but that sadly is the minority. Nine times out of ten, some kid wants to look at like, hey, let's look at this stunt guy that like smashed his head on the side of a pool, or some kid that wants to look at like porn early in his age. There's all that the, it's not working as an advantageous tool. It's it's not. It's I, <laughs> like look. I I I bought a flip phone. And I can't, it's, it's been sitting there charging for two weeks and I'm a victim of the same reality of the internet leash. Okay. Frankly, from a writing standpoint, flip phones, if you're a writer are amazing because they don't follow the same rules as smartphones. So you can do whatever you want. Really? Explain. The only reason I'm talking about that is because I, I, I recently wrote a movie that involves flip phones. Ah. <laughs> I sent it to you. That's the one. Oh, is that the one? Okay, it's cool. The one we read on well, it's funny because I that flip phone. Um, I I during most of the business day I have it forwarded my iPhone forwarded to that so it's it's trivial and it's juvenile but that way I know if somebody calls me it's important and and that person actually needs to get a hold of me. By the way, this is completely unrelated, but those of you with kids, um, I want you to think carefully <laughs> about how you thought about the opposite sex or same sex, depending on who you are, uh, when you were roughly 8th or ninth grade. The only reason why I'm saying that is... With social media the way it is, I have had, not kidding, literally two students in the last two years uh, poorly try to pick me up. Eighth grade students, get control of your fucking kids, please. You're shitting me. I'm not kidding. Mr. Scott, would you spoil the girl? Handle your children, please. Oh my god. Talk to your kids. I'm serious. I hate the I'm the one doing this because I'm younger than this guy, <laughs> frankly. But the fact that I have to be the one to say this sucks. It wow. really does. Oh my god, if a kid hit on me, I'd be so It's completely uncomfortable I'd have for to go to con- so I'd many have to go to reasons. Confession. For so many reasons. But frankly, the bottom line is, look, there's too many parents just letting their kids run around with social media unchecked. There's bullying, okay? There's sexual pressure. There's drug pressure. And these kids are going through it on a daily basis because of social media. Well, I remember, okay, this is way embarrassing. But um, like I said, back to HTML internet, uh, my dorm... My first year of college, I was like, oh my God, I'm free. I'm out in the big world in Seattle. I'm going to college. 
oh my god, they have the, this thing called the internet, and it wasn't AOL where you heard the dial tone and the weird connection sound. I was like, oh, this is gonna be amazing. I can't wait to see what this internet's all about. How old are you when you go to college? Freshman year, 18? Mm-hmm. 17? About I was 17, 18, 18 years old, feeling embarrassed and shy and re- reserved and hesitant about anything I looked at. And I'd, I couldn't even get it to boot up because I was clicking on image, and it was a bar image, and it was a, it was like a random uh, graphic. I could never find what I was looking for, and when I found like a poor thing, I was like, oh, close, 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 quick. <laughs> And that was like at 17, 18 years old. And the funny thing is, I completely I completely commiserate with that. And I was trying to just find fucking Star Wars shit. I wasn't even trying to find porn. I was trying to find Star Wars shit. No, I did that page. too. I did that too. But my point is, is now that the internet is instant and accessible, there are 12, 13, 14, or even younger boys and girls that have access to this stuff that that. Imp- that was the rain we almost did our podcast in. It's oh, kind of crazy, actually. There's so much shit on that. That's patio. loud. That's actually loud. <laughs> For California, that's a big yeah, deal. We're having a rainstorm. It's going to be a flood tomorrow. But there are 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old boys and girls that see what made Scott and I blush in college. Yep. And, and they just they, they, it, they take it in as everyday bullshit. They really do. Yeah. It's just it's just another fucking Monday for them. Oh, I can't fathom that. Your kids <laughs> have a, a deeper and frankly more disturbing understanding of the way things are. And if you don't believe that's true, <laughs> look at what they're following. I guarantee you, you'll be surprised by at least one thing. You will. Yeah, this is rare. So this this woman says, I have two boys. One is serving... In, this is extreme spectrum. I actually read it already. Did you? I have two boys. One is serving in, in Afghanistan. The other is shy, quiet, and stays close to family. He's not a big mm-hmm. net junkie. That is unheard of. It really is. And frankly, if your kid is not a... <laughs> whatever net, you did, good. Seriously, he's right. Whatever you, Whatever you did, if your kid is not a serious net junkie, not a bad thing. If he uses it only for finding out information or looking up information, fantastic. You're on the right track. Well, and here's what's funny is, is again, I'm going back to a podcast I happen to be listening to today with, today with Joe Rogan, and I forgot the psychologist's name. But it's funny that there's this huge, it, it's one extreme to the other, and now everybody's like, oh, freak out, get a flip phone and get off the internet because it's, it's ruining my life. If you're one of get the... Get off the grid. Yeah. There are jobs and, and careers, you know, Pauline's is a perfect example. Her, her um, fight or diet is very internet-based. Um, sadly, be playing the game, a lot of upcoming actors need the internet to get exposure. True story. But right hand to God, prior to becoming, like, actually committing and swearing to putting food on my table, acting, so that would be firefighting or military, there is no need to be online. Like, nope. like I, I connect, like my mom, like that, sadly, it, she knows I'm alive because of the Facebook, which is good because, you know, poor mom and, and I suck as a son sometimes. I don't call my mom as much as I should. So I get that. Yeah. God bless my mom that, that, that's how she establishes communication. She actually, her and I actually interact for what I think, um, on the purest sense Facebook was designed for. 
to communicate and stay in touch with friends and family, like college friends, like that you never would have stayed in touch with. I mean, Facebook has ruined class reunion, family, like school, uh, high school reunions. What's the yes. point? You're in touch. I didn't go to my ten. There's no point anymore. So if you don't have to be online, like right hand to God, the minute I can not need internet, I will get off the internet. Um, you think that sounds crazy, but honestly, it's true. Especially if you're something, a person with any, any kind of creative outlet. Yeah. Get off the internet. It'll be the best thing you do. Yeah, because if you're a, um, I, I dabble in painting. I, I try to put food on my table acting. Scott is, you know, he writes, he acts, etc. Doing that on Facebook, posting a picture of a script, posting a picture of a painting, that actually serves no purpose. Uh, if you have an online business, okay, cool, so be it. You have to post your business, but you know, if you're my father's a physician, there's no, he doesn't need to drive business to his emergency room. Idiots drive business to his emergency room. True People story. cutting their legs off and getting in car accidents drive business to the emergency People room. Do stupid shit every day. But it's it's God, this is deep. Anyway, let's see what else. Let's lighten this up a little. I served as well, but I prefer to to talk about service animals. I had an interesting topic I wanted okay. to bring up. On the topic of service animals, <laughs> I don't have one. However, Jeff did live with me for a short amount of time. Scott and I are roommates. That's true. Izzy, his dog, I loved. And having seen Izzy, which she does in fact remember the time she spent, because <laughs> if she didn't, she wouldn't get off the fucking cushion. But she does. <laughs> She's got a hurt knee, and she still tries to come up and lick me or have me pet her. Because she's amazing. She's a great little dog. Service animals, I think, if they are legitimate, are important. Especially because more often than not, like Jeff, for example, and he's not quite as like a severe case. Yeah. But vets... People who have experienced extreme craziness, extreme danger, extreme bullshit. If they have a service animal, there's no reason in hell anybody should be fighting them. There's really not. I've seen Izzy. I've met Izzy. I met Izzy day one when I met Jeff, more or less. Oh yeah, that's right. I traveled. You traveled with your dog. Yeah, he actually hired me to... But yeah, yeah, shit, that's right. Road trip with Alicia. Whatever you think about service animals, there are people who genuinely need them. They genuinely do. Wait, and they Paris Hilton and her chihuahua. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't I don't know a lot about Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. I don't know about a lot about what she's been through. So I could be wrong. But frankly, <laughs> Paris Hilton needing a fucking service dog. Get out of here. Jeff needing a service dog, I buy that 100%. Jeff's been through some shit. He's had to do some shit. There are a lot of people out there who ha- have had to deal with shit or be through shit, and they deserve their service animal. Yeah. I even run into some people at Gold's, um, like dudes straight up missing limbs that make me go, yeah, I'm going to leave Izzy at home because <laughs> this person genuinely needs a second set of hands, uh, literally. Uh, it's an interesting 
oh god, uh, K Rock did a joke on it where people are getting away and like now various airlines are actually establishing limitations on what can be used. Like, because some people are using like service squirrels. I saw a tarantulas. Post. I saw a post of somebody trying to do a service, a service peacock. Come on. <laughs> Get real. Get the fuck out of here. A peacock? Get out of here. I'm going to hit pause on this. That's fine. And we'll do part two.